0: Resurrection Assembly of God. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, Happy New Year one more time. Today, I want to remind us that God is with us. I really appreciated uh, Maya's prayer this morning. As she was praying, I was like, Spirit's already talking about what I want to talk about. So thank you for that confirmation, Maya. We appreciate you. Um, I want to remind us that God is with us. This is what Christmas is all about. So it's worth talking about. Jesus was foretold in the Bible as the one who would be called Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. God is with us. This is the meaning of Christmas, that God took on, f- took on flesh In the womb of the Virgin Mary. And even though he died, he rose again and ascended to the right hand of the Father. He has never stopped being God with us. Because even as Christ rose on high, the Holy Spirit descended on the church. God is, has been, and always will be with us. And today I want to spend a few minutes talking about this. Not only are we only a week out from Christmas Day. And so, you know, it's still technically the Christmas season. On the seventh day of Christmas, it's today. (laughs) Which is why I'm still talking about Christmas, because we're on the seventh day of Christmas. But today is also January 1st, the first day of the new year, 2023. And I realize that while some of us may be looking forward to the new year with some level of optimism, a lot of us might not be. Or if you are looking forward to it with optimism, your optimism and hope might get burst pretty easily. I mean, the year 2022 sure had a lot of wonderful things in it, but also had a lot of difficult things in it. In a world that is just suffused and inundated with bad news. Bad news of war and environmental damage and people's tax returns and famine and family separation and poverty, and murder, and violence, we may be wondering what horrible thing awaits us around the corner next. Hear me out on this. The world and the devil is screaming at the top of their lungs. He is screaming at the top of his lungs. God is not with us. The world is screaming this very loudly, and it's hard to hear God's still, small voice when everything is so loud. It's hard to notice the immediate and uninterrupted presence of God when the difficulties of the world and our lives feel closer than anything good we could imagine. That's why I'm here. And that's why we're here at Resurrection Assembly of God. Not only to remind ourselves that God is with us, that he hasn't abandoned us, but also to learn how to practice God's presence out there in the world where it feels so hopeless. So let's talk about that briefly, huh? And of course, to talk about God being with us, we always got to go to the scriptures. And we're going to read from Isaiah chapter 63, pages, uh, excuse me, verses 7 through 9. And that's going to be on page, I don't know, page 583, if you have a pew Bible and need that page number. Isaiah chapter 63, verses 7 through 9. Sorry, I'm, I fidget. Give me a fake mic and I'll fidget with the fake mic and speak into the real one. Isaiah chapter 63, verses 7 through 9. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness. To the house of Israel, that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to this, the abundance of his st- steadfast love. For he said, "Surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely." And he became their savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. So this passage begins. With the prophet Isaiah saying, I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord. In other words, the first way to remind ourselves that God is in fact with us is to remember how God has been with us. And I've told you this before, but as we're telling you again, just because you know, sometimes it's easy to forget, almost any time you hear in the Old Testament, especially in the Old Testament prophets. Anytime you hear them talking about God's steadfast love of the past, they're almost always talking about the Exodus. That doesn't mean, of course, that God's steadfast love didn't show up elsewhere in the Old Testament. It just means that the Exodus is one of the main appeals to God's steadfast love. They're like, listen, if God was never with us, we know he was with us because of the Exodus. And therefore, the Exodus reminds them and us of his promise always to be with his people. And sure enough, when we read these verses in Isaiah chapter 63, we can see the prophet is singing of God's steadfast love in the Exodus. He talks about the house of Israel and how he became their savior. He talks about their affliction in verse 8, and this is most definitely talking about the affliction of slavery and her hard labor, because the next moment after talking about their affliction, the prophet is talking about the angel of God's presence who saved them, and that's the angel of the Passover. When the angel of the Lord went through Egypt looking for the lamb's blood on their doorposts, that was God being with his people and executing judgment on the firstborn males of Egypt. God did this, the prophet says, because God loved them and had pity on them. And he lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. You know, in another part of Isaiah, he talks about God's salvation for his people from Egypt being like Like he lifted them up and carried them on eagles' wings. And they just flew out of there free as a bird, without a care in the world, if but they trusted the presence of God. That last bit in the verses that we read is really important. And it says that he carried them all. All the days of their lives, all the days of old. So again, it's not just like he was with them only in the exodus. He was with them, in fact, all the days of old. The Exodus is the main example, but God was always with them, which means he's with them even when this prophet is speaking and writing. And uh, I must, of course, say out loud again, God is with us now. So let me move on to the next thing I need to say. So we remember God's presence with us in the past that's the first way to know God is with us now. We also need to talk about the very nature of God's presence, though, because that can help us as well to counter his presence now. God is with us, but we've got to ask, how is he with us? We need to talk about this because there's more than one way to be with someone else. Let me put this in, like, really concrete terms for you, okay? Slave masters are often with their slaves, Here in the United States, when we still had slavery, the slave master was out there in the field giving orders. Slave masters are often in the presence of slaves. They are in each other's presence. And they might even spend long stretches of their lives together. But they are with each other as slave and master. And it will always be that way. You can can also be a free person who's with a slave. And similarly... You can spend long hours and portions of your daily lives together, but you're only with each other in a limited way because one of you lives in the reality of freedom while the other is still chained up. Or finally, here's another way you can be with people. You can be as a slave with other slaves and therein lies true solidarity, a true togetherness. You are with each other in predicament and destiny. You get each other. And that final example of slave with slave is how God is with us. He's not with us like a master is with a slave. He's not with us like a free person is with a slave. He's with us as a slave is with a slave. In verse 9, we just read it, it says, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. God said, when you were afflicted, I was afflicted with you. God doesn't just stand by and cheer us on when, as we're surviving a whipping. God gets whipped with us. God doesn't just stand by and watch, hopefully, thinking maybe your prospective slave master will pay a good price for you and treat you well. He puts himself up for sale with you. And he will be treated well or badly with you because he always says that he is the two-for-one deal. He will never abandon us in our slavery, and he won't ever leave us in our slavery either, though, because he joins us in our slavery precisely to lead us out. It's like that passage in Hebrews that Gez read for us this morning. It says, He himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus joins us in slavery so that by being enslaved with us, he might free us all. That's why the Hebrew passage also says that he is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. You know, no doubt there have been siblings who have looked at an enslaved brother and wanted, you know, maybe to distance herself from him out of fear that being related by blood, someone might think she is also enslavable and therefore for sale but not Jesus. He looks at every person that has ever been enslaved and says, that's my brother. That's my sister. I'm with them, and they are with me. God is with us as slave with a slave. Hallelujah. Okay. So it's important to remember that God has always been with us, like the prophet says, and that God is with us in our affliction, not apart from our affliction. Before I bring this to a close, I think it's worth just mentioning and recounting, as the scriptures tell us to do, the steadfast love of the Lord that we have experienced here at Resurrection Assembly of God. It's a good idea, right? Again, that's what the Bible tells us to do. Recount the steadfast love of the Lord. So let's begin in 2023 by obeying Isaiah that we just read, and let's remember God's faithfulness because God has been with us, church. He has been with us in our affliction. We've been sick, we've been disabled, we've been poor. We've been robbed. This last year, one family in our church got robbed three times. We've been threatened. Some of you in this room have been threatened this last year. We've been unjustly treated. We've been strangers in a foreign land. We've been separated from our families. We've been bothered by criminals. We've been bothered by police. We've been mocked. We've been trampled on. But in all of it, in all of it, God has been with us. He's been sick and disabled and poor with us so that his health and his ability and his riches can be ours. He's been treated unjustly and he has been estranged and mocked so that his justice and belonging and victory can be ours. Jesus has been with us in the death of our loved ones See what I'm saying, Maya? You prayed that this morning, didn't you? I wrote this on Wednesday. God knew what we needed to hear. He's been with us in our loneliness, in our drug addiction. He's been with us in our drunkenness so that his friendship and cleanness and sobriety can be ours. We have seen miracle after miracle here. I shared one already this morning. $5,000. I don't know... I didn't think we would get even anywhere, anywhere close to that. God has been with us through it all. There were times in 2022 that we didn't know how we were going to keep the church lights on. And now somehow by the grace of God that $5,000 has shown up. And we've seen God cancel debts. This last year, I had to fight a medical bill and I prayed because it was wrong. They charged me for things I shouldn't have been charged with. And I prayed and God canceled my debts for me. We've seen God give us new apartments and houses. I've been praying for seven years. For seven years that Kyle and Abby would get a house. I'm sorry. But it's looking like they're going to get a house now, by the grace of God. I also prayed for seven years that God would give them a minivan. And you know what? They have a minivan now. And I prayed for those, well, first five years, because Zion's two now, that God would give Kyle and Abby a baby, in addition to the three children they already had. And you know what? At the right time, when her two older daughters moved out of her house, that's when God gave them a baby. That's when God allowed her womb to open. And God gave them Zion. And now she's potty training. (laughs) We've seen God grant us clemency in the courts. You know, when we show up at court, in God's court, we're guilty. And he says... But you're forgiven anyways. And we went to court for rah rah this year. And the court showed rah rah clemency. We've seen God at our meals together. Wednesday night meals have been a real blessing this year, haven't they? In 2022. We did some baptism catechism for Grayson on Wednesday nights, for some other folks too. It's nice hanging out with you, Donna, and the girls, and though it's heartbreaking to see Katie go off with TJ and Aria to Hawaii because we're going to miss them, we thank God that that married couple is together now, and God's going to use them in Hawaii, and they're going to grow and learn the grace of God on a daily basis as they live together and give glory to his name by their lives and we're praying that they'll come back soon, and we're praying against deployment for TJ, too. We don't want TJ to get deployed. We've seen God at our work together. You know, Maya just said at the meet and greet time that uh, Cortez, Speedy came to our house and dropped something off. We, Holly ordered a new bed for Barnabas for Christmas from Ikea, And Cortez dropped it off. Kyle got a job with John Alitalo's dad. God does his work. And you never know when Comey's knocking on your door at 2 a.m. because your teenage son ordered something on GoPuff. (laughs) We've seen God in so many unspeakable ways we can't say it all. Let's not forget that God has been with us, church, and he's still with us. So with that, let me close with some really concrete advice here, okay? Like I said at the beginning, I realize that sometimes it doesn't feel like God is with us. The world is screaming at the top of its lungs that God is not with us. And it's hard not to listen to the loudest person in the room but I have made the claim today as your pastor that the, scriptures, that the scriptures say that God is in fact with us and that even when it doesn't feel like he's with us, he is. So the task that we face as Christians is actually somewhat absurdly simple. We don't need to convince God to show up and be with us. He's already with us. Our task is simply to notice that he is. We don't need to beg God to show up. We don't need to twist his arm. Come on, God. Come to church today. We don't need to manipulate God. We don't need to bait God with promises that we can't or won't keep. He's just with us. And all we need to do is to begin to notice Again, what does our passage say? It says he lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Did you catch that? All. There wasn't a day that he wasn't carrying them, and there isn't a day he isn't carrying us now. We just need to look down and notice that we're being carried. So start acknowledging the presence of God. One of the best ways to teach ourselves to register God's presence is to do it when it's least appropriate or it seems like it's least appropriate. So uh, I try to do this and I advise you to do the same. Try to acknowledge God's presence when you're doing trivial things like washing dishes or when you're cleaning a toilet. Say, God, thank you for being with me while I clean this toilet. Or maybe you're changing your clothes and you don't want anyone else in the room with you, obviously. (laughs) Acknowledge that God is present with you even then. It's kind of goofy, but it's true. Acknowledge God's presence when you're brushing your teeth and refusing to floss. That one was for Holly. Every night she brushes her teeth. And then thinks, I'm going to floss my teeth now. And then she looks in the mirror and says, no. And then goes to bed. (laughs) Here's another appropriate, inappropriate time to acknowledge God's presence. Acknowledge God's presence when you're drunk. And Jesus, I'm telling you, Jesus will join you in your drunkenness and sober you up. Or acknowledge God's presence when you're stealing someone else's money. I'm not endorsing thievery. One of the best ways actually to stop being a thief is to acknowledge that even when you're stealing. God is there. And loving you even though you're a thief. Acknowledge God's presence when you feel like it is least appropriate to do so. And I guarantee you it is the most appropriate time. But let me get one more specific step as I close now, I promise, because this is important. You You can, of course, simply mentally acknowledge God's presence, right? You can feel him in your heart and think about him in your head, but one of the most concrete ways to acknowledge God's presence is to praise him. I know I'm speaking some of your language already, so you know what I'm saying is true. Our passage begins this way, right? In Isaiah 63, I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord and the praises of the Lord. Praise God to acknowledge his persistent presence. Oh, there were a lot of Ps in there. That that works, doesn't it? I didn't even notice that. Praise God to acknowledge his persistent presence. We read Psalm 149 today. I had you say it, which is just like one praise the Lord after another. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise the Lord, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail and snow and mist. Did you know fire and hail? praise God? They do. And so we praise him too. Open your lips and your mouth will proclaim his praise, church. It is my prayer that 2023 would be a year of practicing the presence of God for each and every one of you. That whatever life throws at you, whatever happens in the world, whatever worries you have, whatever sicknesses or suffering or loss you experience, that through it all You would know that the and, and you would know and you would practice the presence of God and that you would praise Him through it all. Let's believe together that the God who became a slave with us will lead us out of bondage this year. Let's believe that He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Let us believe that even when we are at our nastiest selves, when we are just being a miserable sinner, God is still always there, loving us and loving us till the end. Amen. Amen. All right, sinners. Let's celebrate the Lord's Supper. Will you come up and play the piano, Holly? Sorry, the keyboard.